Hi guys, it's Ali and George from the Not The Top 20 podcast. We are bringing you some reaction from the Championship Playoff Final from Wembley. The curtain has been drawn on the EFL season and we have had an exceptional weekend here at Wembley. Aston Villa beating Derby by two goals to one back to the Premier League after three seasons in the Championship. They were last season's losing finalists, so they've exercised some demons there as well. On March the 1st this year, Aston Villa were 12th in the Championship and eight points off the playoffs. An amazing run of form saw them punch their way in and head into the playoffs as one of the favourites to win it, if not the favourites to win it, which is exactly what they've done. But it hasn't been easy. And George, today against Derby, did you feel like Aston Villa were the rightful winners of the playoff final? Yeah, I did. Um, what I would say, and part of this will be to do with game state, I thought probably the best team spell of the game was probably a 10-minute spell by Derby at 2-0 down once they had Marriott and, um, and Waghorn on. But we'll get to that. Um, in terms of the game itself, uh, I thought that Villa didn't have to do a great deal to be the best team on the day. Um, at times they were fairly sloppy, some poor individual performances, especially from Jack Grealish, were disappointing. But at the same time, even when they weren't really at their best, they were still creating the better chances. Um, they still took their chances and Derby were, were just wholly disappointing and not particularly surprising the, the Derby that we saw turn up where they, until they made the changes in terms of personnel off the bench, they didn't look threatening at all. Even in times where they had possession in advanced areas that they looked pretty clueless as to what to do with it um, and for that reason even though in the first half there was little to choose between the teams in terms of possession uh, I'd still say that Villa were, were quite clearly the better team. It felt like there, there was probably I think there was a moment in the first half probably around half an hour in 35 minutes in and look it, it was not an exceptional game in the first half neither team were playing particularly well if you had to pick one at that stage you might have said Derby were it, it seemed like they were a bit more comfortable playing the system they were playing th than Villa, uh, which was a surprise because Derby's system was different to what they'd played for the majority of the season. They started with a diamond formation with Bennett and Lawrence up front. And, and although most of the half chances fell to Villa, whether it was Twanzebe from an early set piece, Grealish firing over uh, after a mistake by Roos, uh, Abraham as well going quite close. But just the pattern of the game, it felt like Derby looked a little bit more comfortable. And again, this is all relative because neither team were playing too well. And there was just a small period where they were finding it a bit easier to play into the final third, at least, than, than Villa were. But they just, well, I think you tweeted at half time, they, they don't seem to have any idea how to create a goal scoring opportunity um, once they get into the final third, unless it's basically, well, we've seen in chaos, <laughs> in transition or towards the end of the game, the, the spell that you mentioned. But generally, when the scores are level, they do find it difficult, don't they, to, to break teams down? Yeah, they, they remind me in the way they approach games to Sunderland, um, which we've spoken about, where there just doesn't seem to be a clear strategy or a clear plan of, of understanding how to create good goal scoring opportunities that aren't basically pot shots. Um, a word on, on Frank Lampard's team selection. He chose to um, play Keller Roos goal, which was no surprise at all. Uh, and it's very harsh to us, on us to criticise him for that now because I think we knew that was going to be the case. But as soon as um, Roos's mistake for the second goal happened, he's suddenly looking at the bench with Scott, pa uh, Scott Carson on the bench, a goalkeeper who Derby fans about six months ago were saying should be in, in the England squad. And you've got to wonder if that was particularly wise to, to continue with um, the 26-year-old keeper over, over the veteran. Um, and then the key one was, was, siding, was deciding to play Mason Bennett again. 
um, up top ahead of Jack Marriott or Martin Waghorn. Marriott, of course, came off the bench against Leeds and, and swung the tie. Um, and he was, again, uh, just put, put on the subs bench from, from the start. And that is that is a decision that's going to age incredibly badly um, because not only were, were Derby toothless to start the, the game, uh, they didn't have a focal point to their attack whatsoever, um, but they also were just immeasurably better as soon as Marriott came on and Marriott scored the goal. This is a decision that I assume Lampard must have been thinking about for the last two weeks. It surely will be a decision that he's going to regret for <laughs> for a long time uh, on the back of on the back of what's happened today. You have to think he's going to look back and, and wish he'd done something differently. Um, and this is my kind of key thinking with Lampard. We, I mean, obviously, we're going to get to the winners' villa very soon, and we should just kind of tie up the end of, of Derby's season. Is he's been linked to the Chelsea job? He's he's quite clearly got something about him as a manager, and I'm sure he will progress into being a good manager. But days like today are going to be so important in him learning how to be that. Um, he was quite clearly outthought, outfoxed, and outplayed by Dean Smith today, a guy who's been around the block for a while, and. His team selection has been proven to be shocking, I would say, and in the face of what most Derby fans wanted to see and what most neutrals expected to see. Um, I'm sure he will, at some stage in the next couple of hours, try and justify himself to the fans or admit he made a mistake. But um, I I wanted to tweet, but I couldn't quite get the sentence right before the game. Um, I tweeted it briefly and deleted it. That surely everyone who looked at the team sheet before the game straight away thought, okay, well, that's advantage Villa because he's made the same mistake again. Well, we certainly did it in the press room. I guess, uh, I guess one thing I would I would sort of take you up on is is the fact that he was outthought and outfoxed by Dean Smith because not to do Smith a disservice, but he is a man that v- very much sticks to his style, sticks to his guns and, and a similar strategy. And 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 to be fair, in the first half, Villa didn't play their best within that strategy there was there was one notable thing about Villa in the first half was that it was really only El Ghazi that was finding much headway uh, in terms of, of getting into the opposition third he carries the ball so well doesn't he so strong and and quick and skillful Boga was was finding it quite difficult didn't seem to have much cover down the left hand side um, and El Ghazi was sort of causing the thrust but as we know with Al Ghazi it wasn't always happening for him once he reached uh, the the critical moment um, but certainly you know with as you mentioned Grealish um, flattering to deceive today and, and finding it difficult to get on the ball as much as he is used to doing so and when he was on the ball um, making the 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 well making the right decision um, was eluding him today uh, in a way that we well that we haven't seen particularly over the last few months um I said before this game that just looking at how West Brom defended Villa, making sure they desperately denied Grealish space, um, tried to do so for McGinn, made sure they marked Tammy very tightly, Tammy Abraham. Derby did all of that. And I said, Villa, in order to win this, will need one of the wingers or fullbacks to do something good, which they hadn't done in the semi-final. And lo and behold, the first goal was a cross from the fullback and a header from a winger, brilliant ball in from El Mohamedi, wasn't it? And El Ghazi heading in, or did he head in? After a couple of replays, Backed we thought, in. off his back into the yeah. corner. Um, either way, in. A, a good finish, question marks there. Over the young right-back, Jaden Bogle, who let El Ghazi get inside him very, very easily. And that uh, was just before half-time. It was a huge, huge goal um, at that stage. What about the second half... You thought maybe Derby would make a change. They didn't make a change immediately. And it wasn't too long, George, until the goal for 2-0. Um, you talked about Mr. Keller-Roos 
He's had a number of EFL loans since we've been doing the podcast. He's played for Wimbledon, Bristol Rovers, Port Vale and Plymouth, a selection of League One and League Two clubs. And genuinely, again, it's easy to say this with hindsight, but we follow fans of all of those clubs on Twitter. And not once was he singled out as a particularly outstanding young goalkeeper. Um, So I I have been surprised that he's been in the team over the last sort of 20 games of the season. And it was an absolute clangor for Aston Villa's second goal. Yeah, he he kind of tried to catch a, a deflected shot, but catch it very low, uh, low enough that John McGinn, whose height I'm not going to guess because it may do him a bit of a disservice. But Let's go with five seven. Okay, in shoes. Five seven in shoes, right? Uh, he was able to uh, either nod it in or, or disrupt Ruth enough that they were kind of it, it bounced off something and went into the back of the net. There um, wasn't too much complaining about a, a free kick or a foul, was there? Which generally, when a keeper is challenged, you would see. It definitely looked like a, like a legal goal on first and second view. There's one angle which makes it look as if McGinn might kind of head Roos's hands more than the ball, but uh, but either way, it, it counts and it doesn't discu- dis- you know it doesn't excuse Roos's error. Um, I think a more experienced keeper would have either attacked that ball um, with a bit more gusto. And to ensure that he that he got there first, or wouldn't have, have challenged for it at all, and would have dropped off. Um, and uh, you know, at this level, we've seen in the three games just how critical individual mistakes can be. Charlton got away with one yesterday, um, but I said to you as soon as the half started, you know, Villa need to get a second here very quickly because inevitably, if it's one nil, th- that period of play that we saw happen at two 0 was always going to come. It was always gonna, Villa were always going to have to sit back at one at some stage and invite pressure to try and um, hold on to their lead. And doing so from two 0 up was a much more comfortable point to do it from. And um, and given that Derby did get that goal, um, I think Roos's clangor here was was probably the, the turning point of the tie. And the brilliant thing about the playoff finals is that almost every time they are close games, and that's because they are between two teams with not loads between them. There might be, you know, a team that is a, a relatively heavy favourite like we saw today with Villa Derby. But generally, you know, this is the team that, that finished fifth against the team that finished sixth in the championship. So the two good teams. And, and despite everything we said about Derby and a disappointing first hour, maybe even 70, 75 minutes, once Villa go 2-0 up, confidence you, you would think would be flowing. The fans were, were chanting and cheering. And actually the state of the game and... and a substitution for Derby saw Derby have that period you mentioned at the top of the show where genuinely every time they got the ball, you know, they worked it around the back in order to send it forward. It felt like every time it went forward, it found a Derby, you know, that pass found a Derby player. They were able to turn. There's an echo- the second pass found a Derby player. And all of a sudden, there was a probably a five, ten minute period um, towards the end of the game, probably after about 75 minutes, 80 minutes, where... They really came into it and it, and they felt they looked really, really dangerous and Villa looked a little bit uh, on the ropes. Joseph Zon came on and, and found a bit of space down the wing. Villa just couldn't quite close the game out. And when the goal came, uh, it, it it came from an absolutely sensational pass from Tamori, didn't it? Uh, over the top to Waghorn. Mings made a, a fantastic last-ditch tackle, uh, hurting himself in the process. And as he was down... Um, Obviously not a head injury, so no reason for Derby to stop play uh, or for the referee to stop play, I should say. Uh, a good cross was knocked down brilliantly by Bogle, um, who had a, you know who had a, who had a good game with a few individual mistakes, which is not surprising for such a young fullback. And it was Jack Marriott, of course, with such a good finish. I mean, I feel like we've we've kind of gone over the Derby situation, but just a word on Marriott, he looked 
super lively, didn't he? We, we, we sort of thought, Penny for his thoughts, as his team went 2-0 down after what he was able to do in the semi-final against Leeds. Uh, and exactly the same again, he, he properly put the wind up uh, Villa's defence. Yeah, I, I think it's easy to say again with hindsight, but Neil Taylor and, um, and El Mahamadi uh, are two fullbacks who have some qualities going forward. I'm not a massive fan of either, to be honest, but defensively, they're, they're fairly ropey for two guys who aren't actually that good going forward. And when Waghorn and Marriott came on, they're two strikers who are very, very good at running the tra- channels, very, very good at getting onto that, that diagonal ball out wide. And it caused Villa massive issues because their fullbacks aren't very good at defending those balls. Disproportionately large issues. Yeah, like, like they, they suddenly just couldn't really... And it didn't help that Mings obviously went off for 10 minutes to go, so Courtney Horse has to come on um, with 10 minutes left and, and did very well, to be fair. But with as when you've got Wilson... Um, and Mount, who are so adept at running into that space that's that's left open as well, they were basically tugging Villa's back four wide at will, and then getting the balls into the box. And there were some really dangerous moments on the edge of on the edge of the area. My heart was in my mouth at one stage when Grealish tried to play out at the back and was uh, tackled very very well by I think Wilson, um, and the ball looked like it was going to fall to Derby. It, they just looked really dangerous, um, and it felt like a case of what might have been because, as we said. Derby did have a lot of the ball in the first half. They had more possession in the game itself. You have to feel like if they'd started with those two up front, which is a attacking ploy from Lampard, let's be fair to him that, but they would have caused so many more issues to uh, to Villa, which they did. And you know, they had the chances to get back on level terms. It, it just struck us, didn't it, before the game, that the team selection was very reactive to, to Villa. It was very... It seemed to be Lampard saying, I think... Villa are the better team here and I need to make some changes to what I consider my best system to be in order to counteract the threats of, of their midfield players. So Huddleston and Johnson were accommodated in midfield. Um, the, the diamond means Lawrence through the middle. I mean, he was fairly anonymous, to be honest, Lawrence today. Um, up front with Bennett, who I remember winning one very good aerial duel and not offering a huge amount else. It didn't feel like Mount got into the game until about an hour in and then he was really the one trying to uh, take responsibility in progressing the ball forward and played played well for the last half an hour. And Wilson as well, he wasn't starting out wide, was he? He was trying to play through the middle and it, it just felt like it, it, it wasn't playing to their strengths. And while I have no issue with managers being reactive in their shape and team selection. I think it shows a, a manager that's thinking, um, uh, that's not just stubbornly putting out the same team each time. In this instance, I don't think it played to Derby's strengths and, and that was an issue. Um, last thing on this, because we have talked disproportionately about this, but it, it for me, it's the story of, of the day, I suppose, in terms of what we saw on the pitch. Uh, Blades Analytic tweeted, Lampard management summed up in a game, a gutsy performance to the end from a bunch of committed, very fit and a talented group of players, all positives, yet tactically naive, picked a starting eleven that lacked any sort of central goal threat. Let's talk about some players that we were impressed with today. Not so much Jack Grealish in this instance, but his two midfield partners, uh, absolutely fantastic, quite hard to pick between them. Um, for my personal man of the match, I know you might have a, a, a different uh, a different option for me. Yeah, I thought they were both great. Um, I thought Hurahan, especially in the first half, was fantastic. And then again, in the second, um, with his goal and his energy, was great. No denying that uh, Grealish was comfortably the worst of the three. Um, but it uh, doesn't really matter. He's a Premier League player now, so <laughs> this is the last you'll hear me speaking about him, at least on this pl- this platform for a while. Um yeah, my man of, men of the match were probably two Zabians and Mings. Uh, it says a lot about them that they were able to just cope very easily with everything that Derby threw at them in that first half and most of the second as well. Uh, both 
so good at bringing the ball out of the back and and you know, for two young guys just really impressive how they stepped up to it um i think ming's probably shades it for me mm. ming's barely put a foot wrong in an Aston villa shirt this season um he, he wasn't fantastic in the second leg i think it was of the playoff semi-final apart from that he has been uh, an absolutely transformative player for this team just like Grealish after he came back from injury uh, and um, you know working with John Terry who we gather is very uh, very much the defensive coach on the training ground uh, Mings looks every bit a Premier League defender and it'll be interesting to see where he ends up uh, Twan Zabi obviously heading back to Manchester United seems unlikely that he'll be playing for Manchester United next season it'd be nice to see him get a chance because he looks like a bit of a Rolls Royce as well um, but maybe we'll see him on loan probably in the Premier League or, or somewhere abroad. Conor Hurahan was excellent, you're right. And what struck me about him is that since we've started the podcast, he's already, he's been about three different things as a midfield player. Um, he was a, um, a goal-scoring, box-to-box sort of number eight type thing. Um, he's played even higher in his career before. Um, but for this Villa team, he's had to be the deepest of the midfield three. Um it didn't immediately leap out as something that would suit him particularly well because he's 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 by no means uh you know he's he's not a turnstile as a defender people don't just go past, don't just drift past him but he's not the most athletic and he he's never struck me as as a as a or hadn't struck me as a hugely combative midfielder but that's exactly what he was today he broke up play well he's he's very intelligent on the ball very calm on the ball which makes a big difference as well um, and, and progresses the ball well. He, he he picks out a man in front of him uh, more often than not, and he was excellent today. He's also the absolute dream for us, mate, as as an EFL podcast. Uh, since moving over from Ireland, he's played for Plymouth in League Two. He was too good for Plymouth, and he moved up to League One, where he played for Barnsley. He was very good for Barnsley, too good for Barnsley. Moved to Aston Villa in the Championship, uh, and now he is a Premier League player. So the old school listeners to the pod will remember there was a time where I was borderline obsessed with Hurahan um, when he played for Barnsley, just like you are with Grealish. So um, a nice one uh, for me, that one. In what month do you reckon we can add him to the list of players who scored in every division? Ooh, uh, November. Nice. He'll free score kick. in a He'll score a free kick in a 3-1 defeat to Brighton at the Amex. Um, poor result that yeah it will be a poor result good well, to hear Graham Potter's doing well though yes Graham Potter will be will be doing well for, for Derby um, I thought Tamori was very good Tammy Abraham got absolutely nothing out of him and of course they will know each other very very well from Chelsea youth age groups they had a couple of comings together Tamori won pretty much every single one they were clearly enjoying and relishing the, the, the battle between each other in a good-natured way, and that was good to see. Um, but Abraham, uh, one shot aside in the first half, barely had a sniff. Keogh was very good um, for the most part as well. Um, Tamori had been pulled a, a little bit out of position, um, I suppose, for that first goal. Uh, didn't really have anyone covering him uh, to the extent that we wanted. Um, let's talk about Dean Smith, because I think it's worth trying to zoom out a little bit and remembering just how much or just how little we thought of this Aston Villa team under Steve Bruce and at the point of his departure in early October Dean Smith moving across from Brentford um, Villa were 12th at that time and we accept that it's not easy to go into a club in the middle of the season um, and yet Dean Smith did, did the business and he's turned around the club he is a fan of the club, an incredibly emotional story. 
Um, I read this morning about the fact that his father is suffering from dementia, who's a former steward at Villa Park and very sadly doesn't know that his son is managing Aston Villa, which is just incredibly emotional. And it was hard not to, to feel a real warm glow when we saw Dean Smith lift the trophy. What a fantastic six months or so for him. Yeah, amazing. Um, amazing story. Uh, obviously very sad, but at the same time, it's one of those good news sad stories where it's a success at the end and, and credit to him. And I'm sure the rest of the Smith family will have a fantastic time celebrating tonight and throughout the summer. What's because he done to make Villa good? I think lots of things. I think initially turning turning around a squad that's been built to play um, good football is really important. Um, a squad that's been built upon technically gifted players and players who like to play an expansive style and Steve Bruce was just the wrong fit for that he he didn't want to take risks he didn't want to um, get certain players um, let the shackles off their defensive responsibilities and uh, and Smith has done that and I think just in terms of man management as well has been huge him and Terry together have, have seen the turnaround in form of players who and Richard O'Kelly and Richard O'Kelly um, like Hurahan's a, a massive one where his Villa um, career has just kind of turned around the last six months um, Grealish, a player who Smith was very keen to say early on that he wanted it to change the impact that he was going to have at the club. Making him captain has quite clearly had a transformative effect on not only Grealish but the club itself. Um, the players that he's brought in in January was unbelievably shrewd recruitment um, to, to shore up what's going on at the back. Uh, Mings being the critical one. Um, he's turned the club around completely and this is no disrespect to Steve Bruce who's done a fantastic job at Sheffield Wednesday but it just goes to show you how much a season can change if you do spot I mean it was probably too late with Bruce anyway but making the right change at the right time um, in October November time can have a transformative effect on the season four of the last ten playoff winners have stayed up in their initial season in the Premier League that of course means six out of ten the majority relegated from the Premier League. What sort of shape do you think Villa head up to, to the Premier League? There's a few months, of course, until the season starts. A lot will happen in terms of recruitment. Um, question marks about Grealish's future. Question marks about the... Well, no question marks, really, about the future of many of their loanees. It's possible they might get one or two back, but plenty will go back to their clubs as well. Still quite a big task at hand, isn't there, for, for Smith? Yeah, I, I think they need loads more <laughs> uh, at the moment because they're going to lose some really key players to them. I think, I mean, I, I assume now Grealish will stay. I think everyone has to assume that unless a huge bid comes in um, from one of the biggest clubs uh, around. Uh, you have to hope that McGinn's going to stay, but I'm sure there'll be suitors for him as well. Um, but they need players. I think they need. A, they definitely need a, a defensive midfielder because that's not a, a position that Hurahan's going to be able to really cope with in the Premier League. Uh, like no chance could he play that role for a season up there. They, the defence is built upon low knees at the moment. Um, Neil Taylor and Al Mohamedy need replacing immediately. Um, the keeper arguably needs <laughs> replacing. Albert Adoma should be playing on the right wing in the, in the Premier League either. So. This is no disrespect to them because they've deserved it and we've been fans of theirs all season. But I was amazed when you showed me earlier that, that they're a, a much bigger price relegation than, than Sheffield United and, Nor and Norwich. I think those two teams are, are way better equipped right now. It's purely, I guess, based on the name Aston Villa that they are a Premier League club in, in, in standing. That's why they're a bigger price. But um, I'm sure Dean Smith and and the club know that um, this summer is a, a big rebuilding uh process McGinn and, and, and Grealish are what it needs to be built upon at the moment and they need to be careful not to do a Fulham and, and and bring in a whole new team but just in terms of quality and personnel 
they have to be shopping um, in uh, and for more quality. I think we're going to see a fair amount of squad churn at Derby this summer as well. Harry Wilson, Mason Mount, Fikayo Tomori, three of their key players, all on loan. All of them have had very good seasons. All of them, arguably, should be playing Premier League football next season. I would be very surprised if Mount and Tomori go back to Derby on loan, even if Frank Lampard is the manager, even with his good relationship with Chelsea. I think they will both feel like they've earned a, a step up. I'm sure Harry Wilson feels the same. Um, it sounds, you, sounds like he's going to go to a Premier League club on a permanent, doesn't it? So There you go. So that's, that's three key players. You've got the older guard, I suppose. No sign of... of Richard Keogh letting up, which is great news for them. And he's had a, a really impressive season. Bradley Johnson, Tom Huddleston, you're not so sure about. Um, Jaden Bogle, they've got to keep hold of. He could be the best right back in the championship next season if they do. I really, really think that. Holmes is a good player. Bennett is a lively player. Tom Lawrence, I've been a bit disappointed with this season. I think he, well, I expected him to offer a bit more. Um, so... <laughs> I would hope to see Jack Marriott being played a little bit more next season. It'd be good to see him get a chance, uh, but we don't know what will happen. It, it seems like it's going to be a difficult summer ahead for Derby as they look to get over this disappointment. Um, a couple of last frivolous notes, George. Um, Mika Richards was on the pitch after the final whistle. Um, How tall is Mika Richards? Not very tall. Yeah. He was small, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I think he's 5'10". Right. Why did you ask that though? Because it was always one of my favourite questions about 10 years ago when he was playing for City. Everyone thought he was like six foot two. Right. And he just isn't. No, no, he's short. He's very short. Well, not very short, but relatively short. He um, he was on the pitch celebrating uh, after full time. He has just finished his fourth season as an Aston Miller player, of course. He hasn't played a league game since uh, 2016. Um, but to be fair, I can only pass on what I saw and he looks to be a very popular part of he, he was he was having a great time with a lot of the staff members I thought which was um, I guess he basically is staff isn't yeah, he now <laughs> basically a staff member I thought that was interesting um, and it was good to see him uh, happy and uh, there'll be some return if he suddenly lines up at right back next season for Villa in the Premier League having <laughs> been in the wilderness for two seasons it seems unlikely doesn't it look the last thing is um, a curse from the footballing gods George was Two teams in the playoff finals, Charlton and Aston Villa, singing Alay, Alay, Alay. Both of them winning promotion to the Premier League. I thought that was... I, 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 I'm not one for uniformity in football chance, and uh, I was disappointed. To see who, do you, who do you give fans of the playoffs to? I would give fans of the playoffs to Charlton Athletic. Yeah, and me. There um, you go, lads. But it was a great atmosphere here today. There were 85,000 people at Wembley. The Derby fans and the Villa fans were both fantastic pre-match, especially. Uh, it was absolute pleasure and a privilege, George, to be, uh, to be a part of, a small part, in purely media terms, uh, of this weekend's EFL Yes, Yeah, I'd say the, I like the one good thing from today, not the one, a good thing from today was always fun when someone catches a ball and it's cheered like a goal and you had one of those when Jed Steer made a catch at the back post in the 96th minute and Villa fans went absolutely bananas because they knew that that was it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening throughout the season. This is most likely the end of this sort of thing. We've got a few bits coming your way in the next few weeks, but generally we are going to be 
taking a little bit of time off to recharge the batteries. So if you're not seeing us much on Twitter, for example, don't worry. Uh, we will be on holiday, but we should... I'm sure you'll still be on Twitter on holiday, mate. <laughs> so I might not be allowed. I if might you see any allowed. tweets at like five in the morning, it's because Ali's in America. So I don't <laughs> think he's just staying up all night and tweeting. Um, so yeah, so make sure you, you know, pod-wise, there should still be... Um, some nice bits and bobs coming up in the next few week, uh, weeks, a couple of NTT20 meets especially, which you should look forward to. But generally, just can't thank you enough for your support this season. The last few months, uh, especially for us, have been amazing. And we feel uh, incredibly grateful for the opportunities that we've been given um, by Sky Sports, uh, by Quest, by Talk Sport, um, by The Guardian and The Times as well. Uh, and the kind people at the EFL for inviting us to cover these playoff finals from Wembley. It's made a huge difference to the way we've been able to digest them and to break them down uh, and we hope that you've enjoyed it. So um, please share as ever. Have a, a, a brilliant end to your bank holiday weekend and thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again soon.